Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How is it going? Hello. Super awesome. Super awesome. Things are super awesome. They are pretty awesome, actually. We'll get into that. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Hey, no copyright. Today oh. we are chatting about How to Fail oh, no, at Flirting <laughs> by Denise Williams, and later we are going to reveal our book boyfriend bracket. But first, mom. What have you been reading and watching? Well, I was a lazy bum this week, and this is really the only book I read. Likewise. Um, watching, well, I don't know if we talked about last week, but we, we got into a rabbit hole. Of, yeah, we, we started, we, last week we had started watching a bunch of Marvel movies in, in preparation, preparation for oh. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. And we finished said rabbit hole. And then today... I don't know that we finished it. Well... We could rabbit hole some more. We but could. we did watch the ones we, we wanted we to watch. We set out to watch Captain all the Captain America movies and then Infinity War and Endgame. And then today, watching Endgame and Infinity War made me want to watch Ragnarok. So we watched Ragnarok today. And then apparently it made Mom want to watch the first Avengers. So that's what we did there. The first Avengers movie. Yes. And so we did all those things. Yeah, and we've been total bums today, and we have. And it's been delightful. <laughs> it's been awesome. The other thing we watched a lot of this week was um, I I stumbled upon oh, yeah. these videos from GQ, and I stumbled upon them because somebody somewhere in one of my romance groups shared um, it's these series of videos called the Breakdown, where they have an expert come on who like kind of dissects movie clips, movie clips, um, and the one that I first saw it was a marriage and family therapist who was kind of breaking down movie clips about couples fighting. And one of them was Bridgerton. And um, that's why it was shared on a romance group. Um, but then they have a ton of them. There's like, I, I showed my dad the pilots dissecting plane clips and we watched Hunter dissecting hunting clips and an archer dissecting archery clips and a psychiatrist climber, breaking, climber, down breaking down climbing mental clips. health clips. And it's it's really interesting. It's, it is really interesting to listen to the experts talk about it. I mean, yeah. we all know that the movies are rubbish. I mean. Yeah, but to see, like, which ones do it well according to, like. Well, and, like, the airline pilot, one of the movies he had to look at was Airplane, which is like, okay. Nothing in that is supposed to be, like, even remotely real, yeah. so it's a bit silly. But um, but he was an airline pilot who had never seen airplane. Like, yeah. how is that? And he was crazy hot. He was really hot. <laughs> he was Swedish, is my bet. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so we had, we spent a lot of time watching those one night. Um, the other thing that um, I should mention, because I talked about it on here, was I was waiting for my scores for that huge test that... I studied my ass off for. Well, if there's one thing California likes to do, it's make crazy tests for people to take and pay for. Yeah, and I'm not even done taking crazy tests that I have to pay and take for. But um, I passed all three subtests of it. Um, and I don't even, like, they don't give you a score other than if you pass it, you don't get your score. Um, but that's all I cared about. That's, yeah. And I was... I was really worried in particular about one of the subtests, and yeah, I passed all three of them. So You're a freaking rock star. Yep, and I had an interview this week for um, to get into my program, and I think it went well, and she said she was going to recommend me, so um, 
we're cook- we're cooking with some gas now. If things are going to start happening to you now, <laughs> Ellen. Um, but yeah, so that was a huge relief. I was seriously, I didn't even realize how much I was thinking about it until you were fretting about it until, until I it... got the scores and. So life is wonderful. Yeah. So it's been a not bad week this week. Um, yeah. Good thing. We've had good weather and been yeah, out doing stuff. Weather. Yeah. And been out hiking around and. Yeah. Um, so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Good week all around. Hope you guys all had a good week too. Um, today we are going to be talking about How to Fail at Flirting by Denise Williams. Uh, this is her debut novel and is seemingly a standalone. She has a... Um, book that is set to come out later this year, I believe. Um, and that book is going to be called While I'm Pad Footing, While I, <laughs> while I Look, it, look up. it Up. Uh, that book is going to be called The Fastest Way to Fall. Um, and that's going to be her sophomore release. And it is out November of this year. Um, okay, so here's the back cover description for. How to fail at flirting. Uh, when her failing, when her flailing department lands on the university's chopping block, Professor Naya Turner's friends convince her to shed her frumpy cardigan. <laughs> We're laughing because mom took that as a personal. I, that that was offensive to me because <laughs> I wear a mega ton of cardigans. To shed her frumpy cardigan for an evening on the town. For one night, her focus will stray from her demanding job and she'll tackle a new kind of to-do list. When she meets a charming stranger in town on business, he presents the perfect opportunity to check off the items on her list. Let the guy buy her a drink? Check. Try something new? Check. A no-strings-attached hookup? Check. Almost. Almost. Jake makes her laugh and challenges Naya to rebuild her confidence, which was left toppled by her abusive ex-boyfriend. Soon she's flirting with the chance at a more serious romantic relationship, except nothing can be that easy. The complicated strings around her dating Jake might destroy her career. Naya has two options. She can protect her professional reputation and return to her old life, or she can flirt with the unknown and stay with the person who makes her feel like she's finally living again. Um, before we get too into it, with this episode and with this book, um, there were some content warnings that I'm going to list out because we are probably going to touch on most of them. Um, there's memories of partner violence and some on page as well when he comes back around, uh, of physical and emotional abuse, gaslighting, digital harassment and revenge porn, professional shaming, and then there's some brief on page racism and reference to a family member's Alzheimer's, although that's, I think, pretty minor. Um... Okay, Mom, what did you think of How to Fail at Flirting? I'm going to give this one a really like. It, it's it's shy of a love for me. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed most of it. There were a couple of things that just had me going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And, um, and I think it was part of the story and part of her journey, but it's still, and I'll explain why. Yes. As we get into it, but um, it still bugged me. I'm also a really like, and I'm I'm very sh- I'm like on the cusp of um love because I I did really love a lot of elements of the book. And as I started and just starting reading, I was like, I love this. I love the premise of them hooking or at least trying to hook up early on. I mean, it was a different 
um, formula than most of our books are, and yeah, and I was here kind for of it. Structure, than yeah. We're used and to. so, and I was enjoying it. I really did. There's just a couple things that mainly she did that um, irritated me. Her writing feels very kind of um, kind of slice of life. Like uh, I don't know. It felt just kind of like you were just watching these people in real time a lot of the time. And, yeah. Um, and I liked that. And um, good banter. Yes. They had really good banter. Good banter. Um, I loved his cheesy jokes. Yeah, his cheesy jokes. And I just wanted to, like, be friends with all of their friends and yeah. be kind of in their friend group. And, um, yeah, so I just, just shy of a love, but really close. And Agreed. Maybe. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I'll go through periods of back and forth thing um, while we talk about it. <laughs> On but, the love. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Naya as our heroine? Naya like papaya. Yeah, Naya like papaya. I'll tell you what bothered me is they kept having her nickname as... Nay. As Nay, but it was, it was spelled Nay, but I felt it was pronounced Nye. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. And, and it would always throw me off. I was like, you're spelling it N-A-Y. There's also a point where she calls her friend Felicia, like... Fell and I'm like, I feel like if I had a friend named Felicia, I'd like nickname her Leash or something. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, that's not anyway. That's such yeah. minor. Tiny it is problem. minor, very minor. <laughs> but it was just something that bugged me throughout the book. Yeah. Um, and that was just a me thing, yeah. not necessarily a book thing. Yeah. Um, I I really liked Naya until I didn't. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about her. I love her for who she is as a person. But she made some decisions that frustrated me. I will agree. Agree. Um, and I think they were intentional, uh, at least on the author's part, intentional frustrations. Um, but but I wanted to have some follow through with them. And, and we yeah. didn't get the follow through. And um, and I'm sure you're going to ask me a question about the conflict. I and, am, Mom. And, believe it or not. So I will leave it at that. But... Overall, I really liked Naya, and I liked being along with her on her journey for her, like, I don't want to say fixing herself, but um, getting her life back together after being yeah. through some traumatic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, her old boyfriend was a huge D. And, was he? Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he was pretty yeah, awful. No, he's the worst. Um, I respected that she didn't have a, like, typical rom-com job. And neither did he really, other than he was trying to take her job, and that's pretty typical of wrong. I will say this, and maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine a college where the teaching section of it is the one that's failing, because usually, like, teaching colleges are pretty yeah, popular. There's always I mean, yeah, people there's needing always to get a job. People trying to get a teaching job. So that just seemed odd to me. But, um, you know, maybe there was a close-by college that had more appeal for people yeah. i don't know um but yeah i thought having you know she's not a teacher but she kind of studies the field of education and certain thesis statements that she's making and um so i thought that was all interesting and you know i like that she wasn't a cupcake bakery owner not that we get that many of those well, on the other thing of... i'm going to say about the education aspect of it is is her big thing is working with kids who you know english isn't their first language and mm -hmm. um i have never ever in all my years in education heard anyone like downplaying the need for help with kids who speak a, a second language um so 
that seemed a little It could often. be where you taught, though. It could be where I taught, because where I taught was very prevalent. Yeah, very prevalent, <laughs> and, you know, we live in, I think, a more progressive area that yes and and i want to say back in the day when i started i mean i did hear like an administrator say you know they're an american they need to learn to speak english and it's like okay well that's an antiquated way to look at it and um like kind of irrelevant at this point like they're here and we need to get them help (laughs) and we need to get them educated so you know let's let's work with from there but um for the most part, that is not the sentiment that I got in education. Education usually is very focused on, you know. Helping the English as a second language. Yeah, second language learners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I appreciated that. I also liked getting, um, which we've had this before, but um, getting a little of her perspective um, as being a person of mixed race and, you know, kind of some of the comments that, she faces and yeah. it made me it made me think of that line from the office where um michael sees uh rashida <laughs> jones for the first time he's like oh you're so exotic looking is your dad a gi i'm just like uh <laughs> like, <laughs> the insane things that um that people f- don't think are racist sounding but yeah totally are yeah and i know i've i have some friends that are also mixed and that whole what are you question is well you saw i highlighted that because you even had someone ask you what are you and yeah. you're and you're obviously extraordinarily white but <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's a weird dynamic to yeah. just come up to someone and say what are you was there was like, a guy oh that God. was kind of like well and it was kind of, it's funny because he was very obviously latino and he was kind of he was this security guard that worked at this building where i worked and I had to go and get a pass from him every day. So he was always kind of trying to flirt with me. And um As they all do. As they all do. <laughs> no, there's something like the Latino boys love me. I don't know like if well, I get... maybe you're looking in the wrong area. <laughs> hey, I'm open to anything. But um uh if I get hit on like blatantly, it's usually a, a Latino guy. Um but anyway, so he was one day he was just like, what are you? No, he's like, where are you from? Where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from, oh, I'm from just Northern California. And he's like, no, but where are you from? I'm like, I mean, I was born in Texas, but I'm <laughs> mainly from Northern California. No, but where are you from? Where are your people from? Where, no, he's like, where are your parents from? And I said, well, they're from Northern California too, actually. Like they both were like. <laughs> They're with me when they're, I was. <laughs> well, they grew up there, and so no. But where where are your people from? I'm like, um, we've been here a long time. <laughs> just a weird question. Well, and I think it's just from his perspective. You know, he's used to people who are first generation or second generation, and I my perspective is obviously very different. And <laughs> and so finally, I when I caught on, he was like asking what my like your heritage is i'm like oh i'm just i'm everything white <laughs> I'm, like, I'm swedish i'm irish i'm scottish i'm english i'm i've got some other stuff in there Danish. but those are the main ones all, all and um and he's like oh because i've always wanted to date a white girl and i'm like well keep keep living the dream son <laughs> maybe he's happily married to a white girl <laughs> um anyway that was my, that was my experience uh, with being questioned what I am. Um, 
but yeah, so Naya, I I really liked her. We're gonna get into some of her things that drove me a little little nuts. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, what did you think of Jake as our hero? I really liked Jake. I really liked Jake as well. Um, he also made a couple decisions that frustrated me. I think less so than her. But um, he had a couple things where I was like, Jake, no! Well, during the conflict, I was like, you're not helping. You're kind of making this worse. Yeah, exactly. Not that he was the big problem, but I'm not sure he always picked the exact right thing to say. No. No, as we often don't as humans. Um, I think having a super hot guy be a former chubby nerd is a great workaround for having like a Here's my thing. Here's my thing with Jake. So he's a professed nerd, and she keeps her going on about what a cute nerd he is. And da, yeah. da, da. you cannot call yourself a nerd and not like Star Wars. I'm Mom, sorry. There are different sects no, of no, nerds. No, stop talking now. <laughs> I'm saying you can't be a legitimate okay. nerd without and not like Star Wars. Well, I think you cannot like Star Wars because there are a lot of freaking nerdy ass dudes out there that don't, especially the new Star Wars. Um, but to have never seen Star to have Wars, never seen it. it That's was, just is is a bit strange to me. Um, but this is our perspective. We're learning a lot today about Especially different perspectives from a family. What did he have? Four sisters, five sisters. Yeah, that could be part of it, though. No, no. <laughs> My brother, we were. I was raised in a family with one boy and three girls. And we all saw. Star yeah, Wars. but you were like alive when it came out and it was a big deal when you were a teenager um, and things like okay. that. We don't have to let everybody know that. <laughs> I think they're aware. <laughs> um, no, I mean... I legit went and waited in line and saw Star Wars in the theater. Here's what I will say. Coming from, like, our family and I've been out in the world and I talk to people and I'm like, you've never seen this movie? Like, what the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? Because that's how you well, raise Well, some me. movies I'm just like, that's child abuse that you've never, that your parents yeah. never showed you that movie. But having, you know, talked to other people who don't have you as a what? mother. What? It's not the biggest priority for some people. What? <laughs> it's funny when uh, Kristen, uh, Ryan's wife. Ryan's wife, Ryan is my brother, um, when Kristen was gonna marry into our, when they got engaged, my friend, who is Kristen's sister, was like, oh my gosh, you're gonna see so many freaking movies now. <laughs> like, that was the thing about entering our family, was you were gonna see a lot of movies. And she's not wrong. Well, when Ellen moved home, she's like, I just wanna have free movies, and it's like, then all the theaters were yeah, closed. Yeah, then all the theaters closed. Too much. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Uh, okay, Jake. What else do we need to say about Jake? Um, he's kind of a perfect candidate for showing her that not all guys are jackasses. Yes. Um, which she obviously needed. Yes. Um, because I thought he was really sweet. He was really patient. He was really kind of, um, consent conscious. And he was very, um... What do I want to say? Uplifting? He was very, you know, he, he was... Yeah, like, totally believed in her job, which we will get to yes, later. Yes, Um, He was very supportive. Of, yes, that was the word I was trying to think of. Yes. yes. But very, um, yes, very supportive of her and the things she was doing and 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 not what she'd had before. Correct. Um, yeah, because he was the worst. Um, okay. Let's talk about her partner abuse that she had gone through with Davis, who is a huge D. 
It's a huge D. And his I'd like to think it's probably a very D. small D that he's dealing with. <laughs> well, that makes well him that she way. had never orgasmed before, so, so yeah. there is that. <laughs> Gosh, not dang. That, not that that's necessarily... Abusive. There's not necessarily a correlation between small Ds and not no. getting you to an orgasm. But, um... Anyway. He was awful. Yeah, he was awful. He's the worst. Um, it's an interesting mix of... Uh, Subtle and then not so subtle abuse. Yes. Because, um, and you know, I think that that's very true to most people's experiences. Well, and it starts off as a very kind of subtle little cutting remarks and then, you know, devolves into... This whole thing, because I've seen it before in friends of mine, but this whole, um, first of all, the manipulation is really the key to it just Mm -hmm. trying to manipulate every aspect of their life but the whole thing of isolating them from their friends and family that's just a huge red flag right there yeah and um i've seen it with other friends i've seen it you know with um who are going through stuff with their husbands and he just is trying to keep them away from friends and family and that is so like destructive, yeah, yeah, big and, red flag, yeah. and super destructive to you as a person because you have no support whatsoever, yeah. and that's of course what they're trying to do, and and um, but that's huge, yeah. And maybe I've shared this story before, but I I had a girl that I knew through church, and I did not know her that well at all, but um, one day she reached out to me and my friend, and she was like can you guys come over? I need to talk to someone. And we we're like, yeah, sure. And so we like went over there and, um, she basically told us that she was in a, an abusive relationship and that he, um, he, she's like, I just, I didn't have anybody else to reach out to because, because of this, yeah. because he's kind of cut her off from her family and all of her friends and she just needed some help and we were close by. And so we were who she thought of. And, um, so yeah, so I totally know that to be the case. And I think in some ways, especially in the beginning, um, the woman doesn't feel like she wants to reach out to people because she's embarrassed. Like even what Naya was saying, you know, she's embarrassed or she's, um, you know, feels like people would judge her or but, um, yeah, it's just... That's... And I really I really love Felicia and Erin and their approach with her knowing what she had gone through. Right. Like, I love when she's talking to Erin and he kind of tells her, you know, oh, he, she says he's been sending me these texts and he's like, well, is he threatening you? Like, you need to not... You need to, like, let me know what's going on. This Like, don't cut us out again. Right. Because, like, we can't have that happen. And, you know, she keeps like, oh, it's nothing. I've got it handled. Blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, mm. <laughs> He wasn't having any of that. Yeah. The, um, the thing I really liked about Felicia and Aaron as her friends was she even says Felicia was her ride or die. Like, no matter what, Felicia was going to have her back and she was going to be supportive of her no matter yeah, what she decided. To the point where when Davis had, like, cut her off from her... You know, she still called her and she's like, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm there. Yeah, and, yeah. and then Aaron was the one who would let her know if, she, if he thought she was doing something wrong. Yeah. And so I, I liked that dynamic. Everybody needs friends like that. Yes. Totally. Um, I wrote down this line that she says about her relationship with Davis where she says, by the time I stopped believing the lies, I believed the threats. And I think that that is the 
process that a lot of these guys work under is, you know, it starts off with this kind of gaslighting that she was going through and, um, you know, this gradual just kind of putting her down and separating her from her friends and family and all that stuff. And then by that time, he's able to start threatening her and scaring her as opposed to just kind of making her question herself. Right. And um, so, yeah, so. Well, and the whole thing is after she broke up with him and he just, you know, tried to destroy her career and everything. And he just, he was just an awful, awful person. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think it's with this book, I think it's important to list content warnings so that people can know, like, what they're getting into And, you know, I think also it's sometimes nice to know what you're heading into just so, um, because, you know, maybe it's, like, not the week that you want to read this kind of book. Um, But I do, I hope that, like, authors don't feel um, deterred from telling these stories because they now have to, like, list out these content warnings. Um, Because I do really think it's super important that these kinds of depictions are being portrayed and um I know for me like reading books like this and like long shot and things like that have made me so much more aware of domestic abuse and like all that it encompasses and like like we're talking about like the subtleties and stuff that well it's not just you know seeing someone with bruises and then you know saying oh what's going on it's there's so much more and there's so many levels and yeah it's like onion skins you know there's just so many levels of, of what is abusive and how people are are dealing yeah. with stuff and in like, their lives knock on wood i lucky to have never been in this type of relationship so i don't know i don't know it exactly like firsthand myself and so i think just And we've talked about this before, but I think especially for women readers, like, we are super, and I think this is why women gravitate more towards fiction and men tend to gravitate more towards nonfiction, but women are super empathetic readers, and we like reading fiction because we get that, like, empathy (laughs) boost that that we like. Um, And so... I think telling these stories through fiction and, um, and you know, putting it in that format creates empathy and creates a more, I think, as women, we tend to put ourselves in the shoes of, of the protagonist, usually. And um, so I think it's super important that these stories are out there and, you know, we can kind of have more open discussions and um, more of an understanding of you know, kind of all the nuances that, that go on with this kind of stuff. So, well, it's like I told Ellen, I said, reading stuff like this is like why I watch my murder shows. It's because I just, I love watching these horrible people. And then I love seeing them get theirs in the end. Like I've seen those bastards get caught. He didn't get enough of his in the end, which is typically the case. But, um, but so when when you're reading something like this in romance novels, you just know he's going to get his and his well, comeuppance. Well, especially reading it in a romance novel, right? Because, um, because you also know that it's going to be the usually the victim's road to a better yes. relationship, right? And and that in itself is also fulfilling because you get to see 
this person kind of come out on the other end, you know, in a happier situation. In, so in a better place. Yeah. Um, so I thought, it, I thought all of that stuff was really well handled. I and, thought so too. Um, I think, and I think one of the listeners says this too, but, um, I think maybe the end conflict, the like end incident at the camp was maybe a little mustache twirly, but that kind of stuff goes down. Yeah. And it, it starts off as just him shoving her against the tree and, you know, that kind of stuff, but then escalates to him, you know, really starting to rough her up and... and trying to rape her. Yeah. The, um, and I think, too, especially with people like this, he began to feel trapped, like he was stuck mm-hmm. in a corner and, you know, well, if I'm going to go down, then I'm going to go down doing well, this. and that when she starts standing up for himself is when he becomes more... More aggressive. aggressive and assertive and, um, you know... I think he keeps thinking, well, the, if I get more aggressive, she's going to back down. And yeah. She wasn't having any of that. And good. Yeah. Um, so I can see that, and I kind of felt like that in the moment as well, but then thinking about it, I'm like, well, that's, I think, how that unfortunately goes down yeah. a lot. And and that's a really sad component of the COVID stuff with everybody being at home, as I know that domestic violence cases have gone, like, way way up and just because everybody's feeling trapped isolated and trapped at home and you know those people were already feeling that way pre-covid and so it's just really a sad you know state it is so let's move on to better stuff okay well i don't know (laughs) this is better but let's talk about the conflict um, okay this conflict more interpersonal um between them but with still dealing with some of her issues right. revolving around the, the domestic violence. Um, okay, so this is probably where I got the most frustrated with I her. I got extremely frustrated with her. First of all, I was taking, throughout the book, I was getting so frustrated with her when she was deleting all of the texts that Davis was sending her. Yeah. Um, because I felt like at that point she seemed at least aware enough of what was uh, what he had been doing to her that I'm like, you need to have the foresight to, like, save those texts. So if and something does go down or if he yeah, does become you've got aggressive... you receipts. You've got, yeah, you've got something to go to the police with. Look at yeah. what he's been doing. He's been yeah. threatening me. He's been sending this these. He's been, been cyberbullying. And when been... she's saying, like, you know, oh, it's been a week and he's still sent me, like, four or five text messages, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, save those things. Yeah. And... That's definitely grounds to go get a restraining order, I would think. And yeah, or at least find yeah. some way to make it public that he is an animal. Yeah, for um, sure. But so that was my first frustration. Yeah, so we that was frustrating. And then here was my frustration with the conflict. And I get that this was part of her journey and part of her thing, but she had spent the whole time because. Jake, turns out, they didn't know it at the time they met, but turns out he was a consultant for this firm that was going through their university and kind of making recommendations as to which. Which totally saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah, saw it. I as did soon too. as they were like, let's not talk about jobs, I'm like, okay, okay. so he's going to have so something to do with her job. Have something, he's going to show up at her job. <laughs> and um, so it turns out that he's, and so anyway, so when they start this whole relationship, because they're just super hot for each other, 
they say, okay, we're not going to let it interfere with work. And she even says the words, if it turns out, you know, don't show favoritism because you're sleeping with me. Don't show favoritism about um, what things you cut and don't cut. I mean, those literally are words that she utters. Yeah. So then when he comes back and he's all looking sad and he's like, it looks like, you know, your department's in danger. You're in par- you're in par- and she flies off the handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely overreacts. Now, and, and you know, it would have been a- easier to understand if she hadn't made such a big deal about we're going to separate this relationship from what's going yeah. down at work and we're going to keep it separate and we're going to and you're not going to show me favoritism just because of this and. And so then when he kind of doesn't show her favoritism. But she, still, like, does the courtesy, does her the courtesy of saying, like, I want to give you a heads up. Letting that, you know ahead of time that yeah. this is what our findings are. Yeah. And um, she just handled it so badly. And I, I and, and here's the deal. I get that she was supposed to handle it badly because she had to grow she's and learn art, from And she's got, I mean, like, it's coming from a place where she already has insecurities about her and her job because Davis had kind of instilled in her that she wasn't good enough and that, and, and he had put, like, after their relationship ended, kind of painted her as the university's slut, yeah, yes. essentially. And, um, and, you know, really did her dirty at work. And so she already feels, that's already an area where she feels insecure. And so when he then comes in and she feels like, well, you're getting rid of my department. Like, you're taking away the only thing that gives me any sort of worth. Um, and he's like, the only thing that gives you worth? This is the only thing that you have yeah. going on in your life? And and then she says something about, just because you're effing me. And, um, and then he's just like... Oh, is that all this is? You know, yeah. you can see she said some extremely hurtful things. Yeah, she does. Uh, and, um, but even when it gets resolved, she never comes back. See, this is where I would have been okay with all of it. If at some point when she made her apology or when she did, if at some point she said, she acknowledges the fact that, hey, I said that this was not going to, you know, that I didn't want you to show me favoritism. And I said that we were going to keep these things separate, you know, our relationship and, yeah. and your job. And I then, just got a bit heated in the moment. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Then blah, blah, I blah, went blah, blah, off blah. on you and, and I really should. She needed to call that out because that was the thing I had the biggest problem with. And she never really does call out that She's, fact. And like even in her POV, I'm, she sort of like touches on it in like her POV. Like, uh, I got a little... Ridiculous. I got a little over I overreacted. But it's like, you need to call out the fact that, like, I I did, I went against what we had previously dis- agreed upon kind right. of thing. Um, and not just agreed upon, but she, like, made a big, huge deal yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, her her thing was always, because he was like, well, we can make it work, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and she was like, she was always the one that was nervous about, well, this is going to, fly back in our face because you know you are so we need to keep it very professional right and you know this is separate well she knew from... even before she met him that yeah. her that her department was in trouble yeah and so you know i don't know it just seemed like something that needed to be referred back to and it never really was she apologized and she made a big deal about apologizing and and um you know, that there was all- also like she also I felt like needed to take more um more of the brunt 
because there was a lot of instances of her like delaying telling people things. So she delays telling the university president about their relationship right. when she was going to. She delays telling him about Davis. She, you know, there's a lot of things where she's like, I'll tell them later and I'll tell them the extent of things later. And it's like, well, if you had told, this wouldn't be quite this big this of an issue. wouldn't even be an issue right now. Um, so that was frustrating. I will say, for his part, that text conversation was really painful. Oh, when he was drunk. Yeah. Uh, it was painful. <laughs> painful to read just because of all the typos. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah for sure. Um, but... So they both got their jabs in for sure because yes, they, she she said a lot of hurtful things in that argument and then he says a lot of hurtful things in that to to the point where like I thought maybe the text messages were gonna be like from like his wife got a hold of his phone or something, oh. um, but that was not the case. That was, was not the case. It was, it was him, him but he was drunk, and but I think when you're drunk, I think stuff comes out that you're really feeling deep inside that just wouldn't say normally. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, um, and you just say it very slurry. <laughs> when with apparently a lot of typos. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I, and, you know, she also did the thing with the cell phone where, you know, he kept trying to text her back. and The thing that I always hate about the, because, you know, she doesn't turn off her cell phone, so that's good. But she... And this this happened in another book we just read, and I can't remember. I think it was X-Talk, where um, it's like, well, he kept texting and texting and kept not responding, so I guess he just gave up. And it's like, what else is he supposed to do? <laughs> what do you expect him to do? Yeah. So he's like, for four days, he, tr- he kept trying to text her, and she wouldn't respond. And yeah. then she's like, but he quit texting. It's like, yeah, of course he quit texting. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. What do you expect him to just keep texting and texting when you're not responding? Yeah. Um, so she obviously needed to work out some stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad that, like, the resolution is she's seeing a counselor and, you know, maybe those things that we're frustrated with her for not addressing are things that she just needs to work out with the help of a counselor. Yeah. And that's something that they're And I did like the, um... The girl Jill that was there. Yeah. Who was like, yeah, she's what she's saying. It's all right. It's all accurate because he's been doing the same thing to me, essentially. And she recognized the, she like saw the same thing in her eyes that, you know, that she had been dealing with. So I, and I did like that. Um, Yeah. And that they kind of were able to come together. But other than my frustrations with her behavior at the conflict, I, I was fine. And even, you know, even those frustrations, while they're frustrating to read, um, I I always understood. Right. And like, well, not understood because I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? But um, I knew what was wrong with her and I knew where it was coming from and I knew she was going to get there eventually. It was just frustrating. But there are things the like moment. when she wasn't able to talk to the president of the university and he said, send me an email. Just send him an email and just say, I didn't want to tell you this over email. I wanted to speak to you in person, but we didn't get the chance. So yeah. here's here's the way it is. Yeah. I don't see what the problem is there, especially yeah. since he's the one that kept putting her off. So, you know, yeah, yeah it's not ideal, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like all those issues, while they were frustrating, they were coming from her journey with, with Davis right. and her problems with Davis. Um, so, like, I, I was trying to be sympathetic, 
but it's also hard to read sometimes. <laughs> and like I said, I would have been okay with all of it if they just revisited yeah. the things that really frustrated me if, if she had just revisited that, like, in her apology and said, yeah, you I, know. I think I'm the same. Um, and Because I need to know that she got what the problem was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, likewise. Because she always just apologizes and never really comes forth with exactly specific what she's po- yeah. apologizing for. Um, I will say also kind of related to the conflict with that end scene in at the camp where Davis is, you know, assaulting her. Um, I was glad that she came to her own aid. Right. And that it wasn't like Jake comes Shows running up. in and saves the day, da, 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 da. But that she's the one that is like, takes him down with some assist from people coming in. Right. Right? Agreed. But, um, so I'm glad that she got to have that moment of standing up for herself because she needed that to yeah. a certain extent. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. They have a lot There's of sex. There's a lot of sex. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I mean. Oh, the, like, from chapter two yeah, through the, the rest of the book. Yeah, <laughs> starts at about, like, 20%, and I'm like, oh, shoot, we're, like, already getting to it. Okay. There's um, a lot of sex in this book. Yeah, they have a lot of sex. Um, but while there's a lot of it, none of it is necessarily, like, non-mom friendly in no, nature. none of it was over the top. Yeah. Um... You know, they, they do I think some... mom friendly is getting a lower and lower bar. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's, not, it's barely even a thing anymore. We're just holding on by a pinky to the... <laughs> to the non-mom friendly stuff. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's all pretty. Uh, you know, there were some phone sexy times and things there like were. that. And uh, so they they do a few different things um they are doing a long distance relationship uh, yeah (laughs) um she had never orgasmed with a partner and he got her there so good man like without a problem so yeah without any problem so she she had some really asshole (laughs) partners um and yeah i don't know how much more yeah that's, there was just, it was, it ran the gamut throughout. In fact, there was more sex at the beginning of the book than there was at the end of the book. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's probably intentional because, um, I don't know, because I, I think it's a relationship that starts as a quote unquote one night stand, right? Right. And then kind of so evolves like, into it's more. the Benjamin Button of romance books. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. um, even at the end, she's like, okay, let's start over. And he's like, no, no, because all of this is what's got us to this point. He yeah. says, we're not starting over. He says, we're yeah. starting from right here. moving forward, or, yeah. I think is what he says. Um, and I liked that. I did too. Um, okay, what was your swooniest moment? I'm afraid it's going to be the same as mine. Well, I have to go with when you got her the pencils. Oh, that's a good one too. That is not mine. Mine is Star Wars and Sudafed in Cincinnati. Oh, that was pretty sweet. Because <laughs> um, that would. I mean, <laughs> that's a win. When he gets right her freaking sweatpants and a big t shirt and Sudafed and Star Wars in Cincinnati, I'm like, yeah. That... <laughs> what is not to love about this guy? <laughs> the, um, no, the pencils she that was, really was complaining sweet. about, she could never find, you know, like. And as someone who also has this struggle. Novelty pencils with her name on it. Yeah. Can never find, like, souvenirs with my name on them. Um, 
we found a few things I've with your name. A couple, but it is it's, it's not few and far between. Well, if you didn't have an old lady name, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who, I don't know who named you. <laughs> they were ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there was there there was a few, and I think just by I think just you know, there's a lot of little things too. Like we were saying, I just really liked that. He was so patient with her, and their little um, text conversations were cute, and their little um, jokes, and like I loved the whole cheese thing, and I loved the nerdy jokes, and and I loved the hi hi, you know the yeah. So all of that was just really sweet, and um, yeah, I I just loved how he was with her, and it, like we said, it's exactly what she needed after what she'd been through. She do, she also does a really good job of like getting on page the um. I don't know, just kind of like the butterflies feeling of flirting, yeah. right? And just kind of like, you know, texting back and forth and being like, oh, like getting Aww. giddy and things like that. <laughs> and I, looking for, the, waiting for their response. And... Yeah. I, so I thought, I thought all of that was really good and I really liked all that. Um, okay. Let's hear from some of the listeners on what they thought of this book. Um, Catherine says, I found her area of study, study so interesting, so interesting, in fact, that I kept thinking about it during some of the romance parts and had to go back and reread the stuff I missed. I have a friend who works in higher ed and is bilingual who I think will love this one. The books this year have can- contained a lot of really cool jobs for heroines, which I've been enjoying. Yeah, yes. that's true. There have been, like, more diversified career field. Um... Elizabeth says, I loved this book, but it did have a few trigger issues, so I understand this book might not be for everyone, but I really enjoyed this book. I loved Naya and Jake together. Um, They were just two really good people falling in love. This book was sexy, heartwarming, and had lovable characters and a heartwarming love story about overcoming past traumas. This was a five-star read for me, and I am interested to hear what Ellen and Mom think. Well, I think we... Um, I will say, like... While this one deals with heavier issues, I never felt like it was a heavy book. I would agree with that. Um, it's not like a long shot or no. something where it's like, whew. Um, but it still felt... Well, first of all, because we're not reading any of the actual abuse in real time except for the one scene. Yeah. And the others were just kind and, of... And, you know, her text messages and stuff, which are right. happening in real time. But... Right. And, um, but her... Um, referring back to a lot of it and um and I think that makes it a little easier to read sometimes but uh I would agree that I never felt like and I think it's because their relationship her and Jake's relationship was so light light and and flirty and yeah fun and and um so like I know a lot of people you know this past year have been like um, also, can you believe it's been like a full year? Yeah, it's been a whole year oh since gosh. we locked down. Um, anyway, but I know a lot of people have been looking for lighter books and kind of steering clear. For me, I don't think that this was like a super angsty no. book. I didn't feel yes, angsty. But I also realize I have different levels than some people. And like I said, she gets to kick his butt at the end. Yeah, she and does. Which makes it 
Um, Ava said, this was the first book that compelled me to leave a review on Goodreads. While this book covered some really difficult subject matters, the author, Denise Williams, did an amazing job telling the story. I never felt overly melancholy. Oh, yeah. Perfect. And was always rooting for Naya. Her career was interesting and very different from those of other um, MC women in STEM. I also absolutely fell for Jake, probably because we had a few things in common. One of my favorite book boyfriends ever. He really is. He's... He, Good guy. Yeah, he could be in contention. Um, Cassie says, This book was a life but not a love for me. I felt like the story had good bones but didn't fully come together for me. I liked the idea of a withdrawn academic heroine trying to come out of her shell and try new things, but Jake's character didn't work as a great balance to Naya's character. They were both too beta and kind of bland. And I know their corny humor was supposed to be enduring, but it ma- just made me cringe. <laughs> I did like that Naya's male student from the beginning of the story had an arc at the end. That was satisfying to read. I also loved when Jake gave Naya the personalized pencils. It was a swoony moment. There you go. Um. Yeah, I think, I think them both being kind of beta, though, is what works against the heavier stuff like right. we're talking it makes about. it less angsty. Yeah. Um but I can And if he had I been super alpha y it would have been She needed a good beta. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um yeah. Uh okay. Andrea says, uh this book was a like not a love. I thought it would lean more towards continuous dating with a few different people, not just one. I'm not about the end result, but I definitely thought the book would go in a different uh, direction before picking it up. I really enjoyed Jake's character, but Naya, for me, was just okay. I wanted her to be not be as timid in the office, but I completely understand her reasoning. Is it bad that I always find the male characters more relatable and likable? No, I think that's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... We always love the, the guys. Ma- the guys, and I think that that's because... They're being written for us to love them. Yes, and the girls usually are the ones who have the growing to do and the Yeah. Um Jess says this book was just a like for me. I like that it was a romance that dealt with heavy topics in a mostly deaf sensitive way, although I felt like the assault by the abusive ex near the end was a bit over the top and soap opera esque. Also I have to point out that the illustrated cover and blurb are very misleading for this book. This illustrated cover didn't bother me as much no. as others have in the past. And I think it's because... Well, and maybe it's because I went into it knowing there was some heavy stuff in it. Well, and it's not a, an illustrated cover, though, that looks super cartoony. I mean, it it does, but it's it doesn't look silly. And it's not, like, super bright colors. Or and, misleading. Yeah. and um, But I can see... I don't know. I would say I agree with, I can't remember now who said it, but um, where, because because it's called How to Fail at Flirting, it would have been fun to see some failed attempt, other than just her bad attempt with the bartender, oh, yeah. to see her, some failed attempts at flirting. Yeah. Like some super awkward moments. Yeah. And then have her meet Jake, like after she's failed multiple times. Yeah. I could see that. Um But yeah, I, I mean, you know, we've talked about feeling misled by illustrated covers in the past. Um, But like I said, I still thought this book was somewhat light in some respects. So, and maybe that's part of also. And so I think it helps that I knew there was some heavy stuff going in, but also it still felt somewhat 
Yeah, and like Jovial we said, to me. it didn't feel angsty, super yeah. angsty. So, um, even Where though... we've read some, like, what I think are angsty books that have poppy... Covers. Bright, illustrated covers. And it seems extremely misleading. Yeah. Um, Jess continues, One thing I loved, the giving of personalized pencils as a gift. So original and swoony. I think, though, I just didn't connect with Naya or Jake or even really like them all that much. Also, it really bothered me for some reason that reason that Jake was technically oh we need to talk about this was technically still married when he started dating Naya and he didn't tell her and I don't recall that we ever learned that his divorce was finalized and it drove me bananas did I miss this um how did you feel about that um I was okay with it and I'll tell you why it's because it, when they started out, there was a lot of stuff they were keeping from each other. So she was keeping a ton of stuff from like him. Like her name? Yeah. <laughs> and he was keeping a ton of stuff from her. Yeah. And so it really isn't fair to blame him when she was the one who had set that rule, you know, that rule. Oh. And, um, but it would have been nice to have the, to have heard that the marriage was finalized, especially before he proposed marriage to her. The divorce was finalized. The divorce was finalized before, yeah. um... Especially before he proposed marriage to her. In yeah, because I don't, I don't remember that. Ma, and if mom doesn't remember it, that's more the grammar <laughs> that we should go by. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. The, I, I, I think I agree. In fact, that's another instance where I kind of got a little frustrated with her when she got angry that he hadn't told her. Because, I don't know, if he, if they've been separated for a year and, um... And he obviously, I mean, like in his, in his mind, he feels right. like he is not married to her. And anymore. I think it sounds like he had tried to move this thing forward and she was dragging her feet on it. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, he, he was done. Yeah. I think he was done. And, um, so, and usually, you know, I'm pretty touchy about the whole marriage thing, but this one, it didn't bother me that much. And him not telling her. I mean, that's on her because she was the one that wanted to keep everything secret yeah. and not share stuff. Maybe. I can't remember exactly, like, what emotional stage they were at. But they weren't, like... Well, it was in the hotel room for the wedding. So they'd only known each other, like, three days. Yeah. 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 I, I don't remember being... I remember being kind of like, okay, that just seems like something you need to get over a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she does. Yeah, she does, but, um, yeah, so I was also, but I was surprised that I was not more angry at that, but I think it's like we were saying, it's because of the circumstances yeah. under which they started seeing And their other. Benjamin Button of a, of, a, and their <laughs> of a relationship. Yeah. Um, okay, Sarah says, um, I have a habit of going in blind with the book club selection, so I was not prepared for the heavier aspects of the story. Cartoon covers do not always depict rom-coms nowadays. True. True story. Um, I enjoyed Jake and Naya's cute courtship, but I flippin' raged at Naya's abuser. I kept having to stop reading and throw my device across the bed. I think it hits different having a character live the trauma in actual time rather than recalling it in the past. Overall, I liked it, but it wasn't quite a love for me. Um, yeah, I definitely think... I think if you were going in blind to this book, all of this would hit differently than... Um, like, I think the cover would hit differently. I think that's why we're maybe more okay with this cover is because we need some of the stuff going in. Well, and the other thing, too, is because I'm a Kindle reader, I don't always, like, study the covers very carefully. I, I don't see them very much. I do just from setting uh, up all the graphics. Other than the graphics. 
<laughs> but I don't always pay a ton of attention. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, Mom, final thoughts on this book. Well, um, I'm sorry that some people didn't like it. I think, it, but no, it doesn't seem like anybody hated it, disliked it. It just it wasn't necessarily like a love for everybody. Well, but... I really liked it, and it's borderline love. It's just the um, the because um, I really liked their relationship and everything, but just her during the conflict, I I had issue with that. Yeah, some of just I I think some of her decision making throughout. And like I said, if it had been handled differently after all of that, if it had come up that. You know, here I said all over and over again that I didn't want this to be an issue, and then I made it an issue, and yeah. that was wrong of me. That's what needed to be said so that I could feel like, okay, so she's learning and growing. I need yeah. to know that she's learned from what she did wrong. Because without her ever mentioning it, then I don't feel like she learned what she was supposed to learn from all that. Yeah. Um, my final thought is keep threatening abusive text messages. I've seen yes. enough freaking murder shows. And I also worked with enough... Family lawyers to note. <laughs> keep. keep keep it all. Anything someone sends you. Even if you don't want it on your phone, just take screenshots and put it in a folder somewhere. Like, oh, that was frustrating for me. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I think I'm still in a really liked On the Verge of Love. Um, and yeah, just because some of her decision making throughout was a little frustrating for me. But I really liked both of them and kind of I thought she handled all of the heavier stuff that we've mentioned very deftly and um I think yeah so and I think it's important to to tell those kinds of stories so um that's where that's where I land on this one um okay those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on how to fail at flirting by Denise Williams we would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page our Facebook group which is not your mom's Facebook group our Goodreads group our Twitter and Instagram which are both at not your mom's rum or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail Dot com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On March 29th, we'll be chatting about Whiteout by Adriana Anders with listener Jess, hey. who won the opportunity to come on and chat with us. Um, for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be revealing our book boyfriend bracket. So stay with us. Hi, No Yomos. Ellen here with another recommendation I'm so giving. And this one is from the author who brought us last year's best heroine, according to me and mom, that is. It's Love at First by Kate Claiborne, author of last year's Love Lettering. Um, we loved that book, and I know a lot of you did as well. Her new book, Love at First, brings us a new tale of love and second chances. Here's the description. 16 years ago, a teenage Will Sterling saw, or rather heard, the girl of his dreams. Standing beneath an apartment building balcony, he shared a perfect moment with a lovely, warm-voiced stranger. It's a memory that's never faded, though he's put so much of his past behind him. Um, now, an unexpected inheritance has brought Will back to that same address where he plans to offload his new property and get back to his regular life as an overworked doctor. Instead, he encounters a woman two balconies above, who's uncannily familiar. No matter how surprised Nora Clark is by her reaction to handsome, curious Will or the whispered pre-dawn conversations they share, she won't let his plans ruin her quirky, close-knit building. 
Bound by her loyalty to her adored grandmother, she sets out to foil his efforts with a little light sabotage, but beneath the surface of their feud is an undeniable connection. A balcony, a star-crossed couple, a fateful meeting, maybe it's the kind of story that can't work out in the end, or maybe it's the perfect second chance. Um, I'm kind of getting some, like, flat share vibes, and... Um, definitely, I mean, still also some kind of love lettering vibes. Um, I'm excited to pick it up, but I'm most excited to hear what you guys think. So go get Love at First by Kate Claiborne and report back. Um, and I'm excited to hear what you guys think. So let us know and we'll see you for the next recommendation. Welcome back. In the spirit of March Madness, we've been doing our very own bracket game over on the Facebook group. Um, We had all of you weigh in with who you think needed to be listed on a bracket of the top book boyfriends. Um, I took those picks and whittled them down to the top 32 names. Voting is still ongoing over on the group, but Mom and I wanted to reveal our picks and our overall winner for the best book boyfriend. Um, you guys really gave me a lot to work with in the names. I, what I did was I kind of took the ones that were showing up over and over again. Um, if they had more than one mention, they kind of ended up on my short list. And then I kind of just went from there. Um, so let's kind of work through these pairings. Well, I think it's important too, and maybe we mentioned this last week, but like with the Winston brothers, you put the Winston brothers against each other and you got a lot of crap for that. Yes, I did. But I think it's the reason that you did this is so that it wouldn't just be like Winston's across the board and yeah. then just all Winston's against and then Winston's winning everything. Yeah. And so by- I wanted only one Winston to be able to make it to the top four. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, we should be able to pick which is our favorite Winston. Yeah, and come on, have, girls. Have him get have him get there. And guys, if that's your thing. But <laughs> um, Okay, Mom. Our first pairing is Joshua Templeman from The Hating Game by Sally Thorne versus Tom Valeska from 99% Mine, also by Sally Thorne. Um, those are two great guys. Yeah. Tom Valeska would have beat out a lot of other people on this list well, for me. I think the bottom line here is Sally Thorne knows how to write a guy. She does. And I'm so excited for her next book. Um, we went with Joshua Templeman. And I think it's in part just because of that, you know, our first. You know, like he's always going to have that kind of like, just because that book is so great. Well, and I still have visions in my brain of stuff that happened in that book. And I just, that we're just so swoony. And I just. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for the movie to come out sometime. And honestly, I, I probably need to do a reread of 99% Mine um, because I remember loving that book, but I still have only read it one time and I've reread Hating Game a few times. I haven't reread Hating My Game. My dog like to re- is really going nuts on the really snoring, snoring. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> hey, there we go. Um, yeah, because he won't start snoring again. <laughs> in two seconds. He's not already back asleep. Um, Okay, so Joshua Templeman was our pick. Uh, Leon, Twom- Leon Twomey from uh, The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary versus Oliver Blackwood from the boy from Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. Both, um, both very 
sweethearts. Yes. And yeah, and I kind of liked this pairing because um, they're, you know, our two little British boyfriends. Um, but as I told mom, Oliver would not be interested in me. <laughs> and I kind of look at book boyfriend bracket as like which one I would want to date the most. Um, so as much as I love Oliver, he is not interested in me. <laughs> so not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, power to you. Him. Do you? Yeah, and he is such a freaking sweetheart. But um, for ones that I want to date, I want to date someone who has, wants to have sex with me. <laughs> So Which, there's that. <laughs> so there's that. And I'm not saying all these guys, these straight guys, necessarily want to have sex with me. But in my head, they do. You do understand they're all fictional. Right? <laughs> Mom. Uh, <laughs> um, so we picked Leon. And um, that's where we went with there. Uh, next up, we have Zafir Ansari from Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert versus Nico Manginello from Friends Without Benefits by... Penny Reed. He's the only non-Winston Penny Reed that made the list. Um, so these are both really good picks. They are both good. Um, I I overruled and I said I want to pick Nico because here's the thing. Nico is probably, he's probably my my favorite of the guys from Knitting, Knitting in, in the, the City. city. Um, I love a funny goofball and Nico is that in spades and he's a sweetheart yeah and he's uh and he knits zaf was also like he was i mean he reads rom-com he reads romance novels he was a sweetheart but nico just holds a very special place in my heart so he is who we chose um next we have michael fan from the kiss quotient by helen huang versus jonah from the simple wild by k.a tucker um, we went with Michael Fan from The Kiss Quotient. He is just, again, such a sweetheart. Well, he is a sweetheart, and she, and he was dealing with her, and she has, I mean, she was on the spectrum, right? Isn't yeah. that what we, yeah. and, um, and he was so patient and so understanding and so sweet with her. And he also just sounds super swoony. Um, and Jonah is also, you know, like... Jonah is, he's a grumpy hero alert. You yeah. Know, I like me some of that. Um, but he also was kind of a jerk in some Sometimes, parts of that book. Yes. Um, so we went with Michael. Also, Michael was our hero of the year. Yes. That year that that one came out. Um, next up, we have Josh M. from Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating by Christina Lauren versus Gabriel Scott from Managed by Kristen Callahan. Here's the thing. We haven't read Manage, so this one was easy for us. Um, but a lot of you... So that narrowed it down. A lot of you picked Gabriel Scott from Manage, and so I put him on the bracket, but for our purposes, it was easy to vote him off because we haven't read the book. Um, but you guys did make me want to go read it because you were all very gung-ho, uh, those of you who put him on the list. Um, so yeah, so we picked Josh. Um Next up, we have August West from Longshot versus Aiden Graves from, oh, Longshot by Kennedy Ryan, um, versus Aiden Graves from The Wall of Winnipeg and Me by Mariana Zapata. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. I put my two athletes together. See what I did there? Um, and, but here's the thing. I freaking 
love. And this one is in part because I just love this book so much. But we went with August because he, you know, speaking of guys who help girls through difficult times. Yeah. Um, he... August is, is that man. <sighs> um, and he also just sounds super dishy. And um, yeah. I, I just He's a him. biracial angel. He is a biracial <laughs> angel. <laughs> um, next up, we have Khalid from Aisha at Last and Cameron McGregor. Oh, Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. And then Cameron McGregor from Melt For You by JT Geisinger. Um, we, this one is hard because we... I mean, Khaled was our hero. We loved him with year. his ladies that sold underwear, and yeah, he was just adorable. And um, but here's the thing: um, a snarky kind of bad boy who is a dirty birdie, and also <laughs> like banter for freaking days. Um, we had to pick Cam. And was he Scottish? Yeah. Okay. So enough said. That's that's a hard one for us, but we we went with Cam on that one. Um, next we have Nick Santiago from Riley Thorne and the Dick Guy Next Door by Lucy Score and Jake Weston from Rock Bottom Girl, also by Lucy Score. Um, this is against what is going so far in the group. Jake Weston is really coming out on top, um, but we went with Nick because. I think in part we just love that book so damn much. Um, but also, yeah, like I want a guy who is going to take me along and help me so- and like live out my. Yeah, solving murders. My forensic files dreams. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's funny and hot sounding and all of those things that we like. Um, so we went with Nick on that one. Okay, next. March from Spotless by Camilla Monk versus Reese from A Court of Thorn and Roses and the other books in that series uh, by Sarah J. Moss. Um, Mom, do you want to take this one? Well, Ellen, let me pick because you haven't read all the Court of Thorn and Roses. I haven't read all the... I, uh, Mom, I mean, I haven't read the third one. I've read the second one. Um, and Mom's read all the Spotless and she's read all the Court, Court of Thorn and Roses. So I just knew she had... She had more right to pick this one. So <laughs> so I went with March. You did. From Spotless. Um, mainly because, well, I loved all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to say in both of these instances, they both start out as kind of bad guys and yeah. then turn out being good guys. And um, But I just went with March just because he is just... He's such a quirky character, and I loved him, and I just... And he literally goes through fire for her, and, I mean, there's the whole thing... I don't want to give away too much of the storyline, because... But she goes through some crazy stuff, and he just goes and saves her every time, or goes to help rescue her every time, and, you know, I love that, so... um. And that is also against kind of what's going on on the crew. Well, that's fine. I don't care what they think. They're, <laughs> they're all wrong, and I'm right. Um, next we had... But I do love Reese, too. I mean, I, I love him, too. Yeah. Um, next we had Mateo Cruz from Wolf Gone Wild by Juliet Cross 
versus Bones from the Night Huntress series by Janine no Janine oh I know this I'm not gonna be any help for you on that honey because uh, I've met her too shoot it's from the Night Huntress series you guys I'm not gonna look it up right now but um needless to say it's obvious which way we <laughs> it's Janine Frost I believe don't hold me to that but I think that's what it is um we went with Mateo first of all we love that book we do love that book um and you kind of get two for the price of one with Mateo. Yeah, because his little wolf was... <laughs> he's always arguing in his head with his, his other half. You get his animalistic side in Alpha and then his kind of, like, sweet guy with Mateo. Um, and I've read the first of the Night Huntress series. I haven't read it. And I haven't. haven't. Mom would probably actually like that series from what I remember of it. Um, so, obviously, we just don't feel as strongly about that one as much as we do about the Stay a Spell series. Um, so we went with Mateo. Next we have our Winston bracket. Hmm. This one was tough for us. Um, it's like choosing your favorite child. It is. So we have Roscoe Winston versus Billy Winston. And I'm just going to say from the Winston Brothers series by Penny Reed. Um, so we went with Billy just because... Well, here's the thing with Billy. And he's not, like, his book is not necessarily my favorite book. But Billy is just a rock through the entire series. Yeah. He is there for everyone in every book. Yeah. And, and continues to be like that in the, like, yeah. marriage and yes. murder and... Well, because they're before his book anyway. I know. But you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yes. We're still getting Billy being a freaking sweetheart. And I just, I mean, I love Roscoe. I'll always love Roscoe because he plays with puppies. Yeah. But, um, you know, Billy is just, he is just their rock through the entire series. Yeah. Um, so we went with Billy. Uh, next we have Bo Winston versus Cletus Winston. Um, we were split on this one. We were split on this one, and I won <laughs> <laughs> because that's how things go. Um, here's what, like I was saying earlier, I think of Book Boyfriend as the one I want to date the most. I love Cletus. I would love to be Cletus's sister in law, which is why I would pick up. The appeal to me of Cletus is I just want him to put together my retirement package for me. <laughs> you can do that as being your sister-in-law. Uh. <laughs> um, I love Cletus. I love... And Cletus is far and away my favorite character in maybe, like, all of romance dumb. <laughs> um, but would I want to date Cletus? <laughs> Not necessarily. Um... I, I love him. I think he's a total sweetheart. And, I you know, he is the best. But I don't know that I would necessarily want to date Cletus. Bo, on the other hand, I would date the shit out of Bo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bo is There sweet. you have it, folks. He's funny. He's got, you know, he can fix your car just as <laughs> that adeptly is, that as is a thing. Cletus. <laughs> And you still get to be in Cletus's family where he can set up your retirement because you know he's managing all those people's money, so. Okay. Anyway, so we landed on Bo because I won. Um, okay, next we have Sebastian St. Vincent from Devil in Winter by 
Lisa Kleypas, and then Derek Craven from Dreaming of You by Lisa Kleypas, um, which we have on the docket for the spring reading list, Dreaming of You. Um, have I read that book? I I don't remember, to be honest. I know I have. I don't know if I've read it or not. So you're giving away what our answer was. <laughs> um, we picked Sebastian St. Vincent just because... His redemption arc is... Masterful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I just think he just kind of stands out to me as a character more than... I know Derek is good, and maybe when we reread this book, I'll be like, why did we not pick Derek Craven? Um, but for us, we went with Sebastian St. Vincent. Um, next up, we have Jamie Fraser versus from Outlander by Diana Galbadon um, versus Dozzy from the Guernsey Literary and, and Potato Peel Pie Society. Society. This is a hard one because it's like Pitting Sam Hewen against Michael Huseman. Huseman. And yeah. um, so I was trying to get out of that mentality. Where, out of the, like, depictions of... Uh, yeah, out of the movie yeah. and TV show versions of them. And um, to be honest, haven't read Outlander. Um, I have read Guernsey, though. Yep. And I loved it. I've read both. And you still went with... Um, Here's, here's my thing with Dossie, because we picked Dossie. Yeah. And here's my thing. He is just the sweetest little cinnamon bun of a guy. Yeah. And um, I just want to go live on that farm with I him. I know. And look at his tattered sweaters. And... Oh, <laughs> no, but the thing about him is he is a sweetheart, but he just went through so much. Mm-hmm. And I get that Jamie did too. I, I Jamie get, went through. <laughs> Jamie went through a lot too. Okay, a lot, a lot. I get that. But um, I don't know. I almost think that because they didn't ever have sex in the book, that it made it gave it a sweeter shine, a sheen. Yes. Then, yeah. You know. We went with Dozzy. I think he is. Um, I mean, listen, Jamie. Is. <laughs> yes. I mean, we would not kick Jamie out of bed. No, we would not. Um, but I think right now, especially, maybe it's just like what we've all been going through, but right now just going and living on a little like seaside farm in rural England sounds divine. And raising the sweet little baby of the girl from Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you died again. <laughs> Cannot stay alive. <laughs> to save her life. Um, okay, next we had Doesn't Samuel Moore from The Widow of Rose House by... Can you guys tell I don't have the authors listed? I don't have the books or the Someone authors listed on this book bracket. Who we really liked. Um, oh, gosh. Versus Reese Winterborn from Mary Winterborn by Lisa Kleypas. Is that right? I don't know. Don't look at me. Uh, I don't know this stuff. I don't get my phone out. Okay, so. I could be helping you out, but Mom, I'm Mom, tell, tell everybody why we picked Sam Moore. Um, because I love him so, so much. Yeah. Um, I love Sam Moore. This is why I love Sam Moore. And I think I've explained this when we chose him as our book boyfriend of the year. Diana last year. Biller wrote Widow of Rose House. There you go. I, I knew I, that. I, I, I did I, not. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have pulled that out of anywhere. Um, however... The thing I love about Sam Moore 
first of all, he's just a delicious dish. Mm-hmm. Second of all, him with his family is a delight to read. Yeah. Him and that whole dynamic of his family and, you know, just how fun they are and his mom and sister blowing stuff up and... His whole, like, absent-minded professor thing is so cute. He's just so, so sweet with her and just how he and his, like, style of non-aggressive but still assertive um, flirting is the best. And we just, I mean, when I, that was my main takeaway from that book was just how much I loved him. So, and just even from the beginning when he approaches her and she thinks he... Like, wants to have sex with her, and he's like, no, no. <laughs> Calm down, lady. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think just by virtue of the fact that my main takeaway from that book was him, it kind of makes him stand apart. Um, my main takeaway from Mary Winterborn was how much I wanted to go, like, just hang out in an old... At that department store. store. Yeah. Which I get he owns, so that's a, you know, plus in his favor, but um, I honestly don't remember that much about him other than the fact that he owns that well he shows up in all the other books yeah and so because uh, i just read one not too long ago um uh, one of them i can't remember chasing cassandra i think is the yes i can't <laughs> i can't keep them all straight um anyway because and so he does show up through all the other books and he's a very sweet helpful guy and i love him but i really love sam yeah me too um so that's where we went with that uh, next up, we have Colin Bridgerton from Gosh. Romancing Mr. Bridgerton um, by Julia Quinn. And then we have Wit from Brazen and the Beast by Sarah McLean. Um, I love both of these guys, too. And I, my thing with Wit is I love his, because Grumpy Hero, not just Grumpy Hero, but, like, he never spoke. And then, like, he has to... Yeah. <laughs> and I picture him built kind of like, what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, Dak. Drax. Drax. From Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, I picture him as this big burly guy. And um, just, and would never speak and just, and then when he just starts falling for her, it was adorable. So I love that. However. However. We went with Colin because. Yes. He's Colin Bridgerton, He's guys. Colin Bridgerton. Come on. I don't know how much more we need to say. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've. If you really want to know why we picked Colin Bridgerton, go listen to our episode on Romancing Mr. Bridgerton to hear us gush for, like, an hour about how much we love him. Um, okay, so that was our first round. So we're going to kind of... We'll go quicker because we'll we don't quicker. have to explain yeah, ourselves exactly. as much. Um, Joshua Templeman versus Leanne Twomey. Um, we went with Joshua Templeman because... He's Joshua He's Templeman. Joshua Templeman. I don't... Yeah. So that's where we went on that one. Uh, Nico from Friends Without Benefits versus Michael from Kiss Quotient. Um, this one is more difficult. Um, but I went with Nico because... He's Nico. I love Nico. I I really do. Because sometimes these guys ingrain themselves in your brain. It, it might just be when you read the book. It might yeah. be... I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why these books... Yeah. You know, these, or these characters. These characters or, stick in your head. But. Yeah. Um... Then we had Josh M. versus August West, and kind of like what Mom was just saying, I think there's just something about Longshot and that book and that character, and that is just always going to... And the impact it had on our lives. And... Yeah. Um, so we went with August on that one. Then we had Cameron McGregor versus Nick Santiago. We went with Cameron McGregor, because like we said, Scottish, dirty-mouthed... Um, <laughs> You know, 
banter for days guy. We went with him. Um, then we had uh, March from Spotless versus Mateo from Wolf Gone Wild. We went with Mateo on that one. Um, again, two for one. Yeah. I mean, it could have gone either way. It could have. And um, Ellen hasn't read all the Spotless books, so she yeah. doesn't appreciate him the way I do. Yep, that's true. Um, then we had the Battle of the Winstons, Billy versus Bo. Um, we went with Billy because while Bo is a sweetheart who can fix your car, like we said, Billy is just that stalwart, stoic angel who we just love. Yes. So Billy was our top Winston. And I, I think that tracks. I think that's fair. And especially in like terms of ones I want to date the most. Yes. Um, I like Billy a lot. Uh, then we had Sebastian St. Vincent versus Dawsey. We went with Dawsey again. Knitwear. Yeah. <laughs> just go watch the movie. And, uh, and you'll, uh, you'll just say, you'll, yeah, I get uh, okay, it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> totally clear. Um, then we had Sam Moore versus Colin Bridgerton. This is tough. It's like yeah. the Regency, or not Regency because Sam isn't Regency, but historical angels. Yeah. Um, like goofball angels. We went with Colin Bridgerton just kind of probably based on like nostalgia deep place in our hearts more than anything. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the, um, you know, they're the token for romance. I mean. Yeah. And that I think is in our brains kind of Colin to a certain extent. Um, Okay. So that was that round. Now we have the top eight. So Joshua Templeman versus Nico. Joshua Templeman is where we went with that one. Just kind of, again, by virtue of just great book, great character, all around. Um, Then we had August West versus Cameron McGregor. Kind of, again, I think just being in such a great book really helps, but... (laughs) Also, just a great character. We went with August, August. for that one. Um, then we had Mateo Cruz versus Billy Winston. Again, we're kind of just picking our favorite <laughs> books at this point. Um, we went with uh, Billy uh, for that one. And then Dozzy versus Colin Bridgerton. We went with Colin one. again. So, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that... The top four for us are from the Hating Game, Long Shot, the Winston Brothers series, and the Bridgerton series. Because if you were to ask us what our favorite romance books of all time were, <laughs> that would probably be that would be them. Yeah, basically. Um, okay, so our top four. So first matchup is Josh Templeman versus uh, August West. This is tough, but again, I think just based on like which one I want to date the most and it's probably just because he's in a bit of a happier book we went with joshua templeman um and then billy winston versus colin bridgerton this one is very difficult um very difficult i don't even remember what we picked so we ended up on billy winston okay um i don't know if it's just because we felt like a winston for us needed to be in the top two well and but i could see billy being more of a family leader. Colin is not necessarily the leader of his family. No, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but, um, but yeah. 
And the other thing that, like, upon rereads, uh, and I know I have mentioned this, but upon rereads of Bridgerton, Colin is still my favorite spouse, uh, still my favorite of the Bridgertons, um, but his book is not necessarily my favorite on rereads anymore. Um, and so I don't know if, like... It's fun on the first read because yeah, there's so much revealed sure. in that book. Um, which kind of makes me sad for, like, people who are coming at it from the show and now know... Yeah. The reveal. But, um, okay. So our final two is Joshua Templeman versus Billy Winston. Wow. Um, that's tough. Mom, tell the people why we picked Joshua Templeman. <laughs> well, I think we already have. Yeah. Um, first of all, I loved this book. I love him. I love, I mean, I truly, I still have visions of him carrying her around like a little koala bear yeah. hanging on his front. And um, uh, he just was so sweet with her, even though she was kind of awful to him. Well, I mean, first of all, that she's able to like bring it back around from him being kind of like snooty with her in the beginning. But I think it's because she like so deftly pulls off that um, kind of unrequited teasing um just all of that and just that reveal of like you know as you start to like realize that he's actually like head over for her it's so and has been since the beginning and just all this stuff like when he's taking care of her when she's sick and um yeah when he's just like as he starts to reveal like more of himself and his feelings to her it's just like the best and he's just so swoony and I hope that this guy who's just been cast in the movie realizes like the expectations that he has to live up to. <laughs> they are high man. <laughs> but um yeah, I just I freaking love that book. I freaking love him. I freaking love Sally Thorne like I love your dog snoring. I love my dog <laughs> snoring. I do love that actually. Um but yeah, so we went with Joshua Templeman. Um, so he, he takes the bracket for us. He takes the bracket for us. I'm curious to see if he's going to take... He is still in the running um, on on the group's voting. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Don't feel any pressure to put I him... I think it's telling, though, that it came down to Joshua and Billy. Because I would say those two are probably some of my favorite characters that I've ever read. Yeah. And I think it's just because... Like, for, for us, they're from such iconic books, right? right. And, um, yeah, so um, Joshua Templeman for us. And um, I'm really excited to see, like, what it comes down to for, for the group. Um, but don't let us sway you. You vote how you no, want to vote. Yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of think, just based on how much Joshua popped up in the nominations, like, before I even put the bracket together, I was kind of thinking that... He probably will He's take a popular it. guy. Yes, he is. Um, we like him a great deal. Just so you know, I have not looked at any. In fact, that's why I haven't even been on Facebook much lately because I, I don't want to even be swayed by any of well, now you the voting be. that's going on. But now I can be. Yeah. So now I can go on. So now what's your freaking excuse? So now I'm going to go on and say, y'all who aren't voting like me <laughs> are wrong. <laughs> Um, well, a lot of those matchups went differently than how we <sighs> voted, so um, you'll have to go on and check that out now. Sometimes that's your fault, because there were times when you and I were split, and you would win. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Historically, when we do brackets, that's how it goes. I have the power of veto. Um, okay. So thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us on March 29th for Whiteout by Adriana Anders, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. Okay. Thanks, Mom. You're so welcome, Ellen. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.